Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonya McQueen, with your mind, your body, your choice. And I am so pleased to say I have another guest speaker today, Mr. Eric Jones, um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal young man. And I'm pleased to have him. I actually titled this A Father's Love. But I have no idea, and he has no idea where this conversation is going to go. We're just going to conversate. How are you, Eric? I am good. I'm enjoying this weather that's finally nice. <laughs> You're in Kansas, right? Yep. What is Hutchinson, the weather Kansas. like today? Today, it's going to be close to 70. Um, and then tomorrow, it goes back to the 50s. And who knows for the rest of the week, it Kansas is kind of bipolar. <laughs> it just goes back I, and forth. I understand. I lived in Missouri, so I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, well, I can say that when the sun came up this morning, it was 68 here in South Florida, but it's probably closer to 85 now. And um, I think the warmest day we're going to have this week is going to be 80, maybe. So, I'm so jealous. <laughs> you know you can be jealous for a minute, but even me, after being here a couple of years, I was like, okay, it never snows. It never gets really chilly. What am I going to do with all these coats and boots I came with from Missouri? And I swear to you, Eric, when it's 60, you see people walking around in skull caps and, and gloves here. They're so not used to it. So, Yeah, it's when, you know, I heard I heard a I heard from someone that down south for years and years, and they said, for some reason, you take a shower three times a day. It's not because you stink. It's just you just learn to take three showers a day because of the humidity. <laughs> it might I be mean, an <laughs> absolute true story. I was just telling somebody the other day when I visit my, my daughter in Missouri, I don't mm -hmm. have the same body issues I have here. It's like I can just walk <laughs> to my car, get out of the shower, just wash my hair, run to my car real quick, which is in my driveway, come back in the house, and I smell like a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so Blame true. It we all carry cologne and body sprays in our cars here. It's yep. crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's only in South Florida, so you got to take that bad with the sunshine. That is that is true, as is life. Okay, so Eric, let's get into some really just great conversation here. Um, you wrote a small, I'm going to call it an ode um, to your son, like a little poem. And mm -hmm. it was just so absolutely remarkably beautiful to me. And you you were saying in it that you were lost, you didn't know which way to go. And I was saying, just take the time and pray because it's going to come to you. What I read was phenomenal. And I was telling you to, you know, finish that. Finish it to the best of your ability. Every chance you got to write or something came to your mind, write it down. Because at the end, I believed it was going to be a, a great book for other parents. You want to talk about that? Uh, sure. Um, it, uh, yeah, it just, you know, all those nights of waking up and, you know, and it's weird, you know, if you, you wake up at certain times and after two or three times of it, it becomes a trend. And then you start wondering why. And 
then you start paying attention to the little details of it. And so you just, you know, I would, I'm, I'm not a, not a pen and pad kind of person. So I just grab my phone and type a little note. And then I go back and reflect on it the next day and um, just expand on that, trying to understand what the meaning is. And a lot of it is, you know, some of it is life talking to you, you know, t- telling you, hey, you need to get this, get this out of your chest. And then there's some of it that's, you know, that's God talking to you. And, you know, he's saying, this is your healing. So you need to pay attention to it. And when you start writing, um, it's like he takes over. And, uh, you know, like, like you always say, it, it just flows. And so you just, you know, you go with it. And I think we've all been there with writer's block and, you know, how to put your words into, um, like, you know, like like you try to learn how to combine your words so that others understand it, so that it helps someone. And sometimes it's hard. Uh, It makes sense to you, but it doesn't make sense to other people. I go through it with my mom all the time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I guess just uh, trying to, I, I, if I'm, if I'm thinking of the one you're referring to, it's um, a lot of it has to do with time and, you know, time, it, it, it's a tricky thing because, you know, you, you pay so much attention to it on a daily basis. Um, everything is a schedule. You, you know, it's like everything is a routine, everything you have to be done by this time. You have to be done by that time. Um, you got to be at work at a certain time, but you have to, you have to take time to just kind of step back and realize that time doesn't matter as much in, in the grand scope of things. Mm. Um, if you if you rush to grieve, if you rush to if you rush to heal, sorry, it's okay. Um, Eric, just so you guys are caught up to speed, Eric has beautiful children. He comes from a beautiful family. His mother is my mentor, Paula. I speak about her all the time. But Eric did lose one of his children um, in the physical sense to um, at his own hands. So I I have a lot of kids, kids that I call mine that are not mine. And I have not been through that. But of course, as you could imagine, I can feel a small amount of their pain because I care for this family. Never met Eric face to face, his beautiful wife, his kids. But it's like they're my family. Um, it, it's one of those divine connections. So when he, he had a loss, I felt a little bit of it. But as a parent, can you really feel what another parent feels at such a time? Even if you go through the same thing, can you really feel exactly what somebody else feels? I, my thought is no. So I really wanted Eric on the show for two things. Number one is to discuss the love for all his kids because uh, Avante was not his only child, but also to speak of a father's love for 
his son that he just can't wrap his hands around right now, but he could still speak to. Um, so you take your time. Um, just take your time. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's been you know it's had its good days and bad days you know and um, I believe it or not um, and I mean I'm not speaking for all parents but just myself um, there's days where and it 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 sounds weird but there there's days where I wake up and I wonder why and sometimes. It, it it's understandable, I guess. Um, you know, you really don't know the pain that mm -hmm. uh, not only you know not not only kids because there there's adults that you know that go through the same thing, um, but you you like no one understands the pain that they go through, and it's hard for them to explain in a in a manner that others will understand. They shouldn't you know, even I mean, have to, though. Right. And, <laughs> you know, it's uh, so, I mean, as far as that, there's, you know, there's there's parts that you don't understand. There's parts that you understand. Um, either way you look at it, though, it, it still hurts because you're missing that person. But at the same time, um, you you end up growing, growing more within yourself after it happens and you appreciate and love more um, in society and your family um, for your other kids, for your wife, for your husband. Uh, it's, um, it's kind of a, I guess a, a double-sided coin. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a tricky thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you the um, the the story you started writing. I believe it was titled Stuck Like Chuck in the, in the subject line uh, when you emailed it to me. But you said something that was so profound to me that I put it on my phone. I screenshot it because I did not want to forget these words. They, I mean, they just rang out so much to me. I'm going to first tell you what you wrote because you might not remember. And, <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you what it these words mean to me as a person. You put, we are literally the only species on earth that rely on timing. And that's sad. Um, but But the reality is that we rely on time to connect with one another, and that's what keeps our world spinning. And then you even said that God has no timing. And I put that on my phone because you were so right. And I even did a podcast before I spoke to you, and I didn't even put these this conversation together because I never know what I'm going to say um, to right. what I, I spoke about this morning. But you were so right about the, the t everything is time. I know what time I'm going to get up because I know I want to go running and or I know I'm going to go to the gym. I know how long I can stay at the gym so that I can come home and let my body cool off and get ready for work. I know how much time I need for work to get ready The drive. I know how much time I allot for that. When I get there, I know what time I'm going to, you know, the, my whole day is planned out the entire day. 
And then I start over. And then I start over. And on the weekends, I know I'm going to do laundry on Sunday while I cook dinner. I know I'm not going to have any sit down time except for two times I know I have sit down time. Saturdays, every Saturday, my husband and I go out every Saturday. So I know even that's time. I tell him to tell me what time are we going to go eat? So I know what time I can get up and start getting myself together or stop doing what I'm doing to get ready. Um, if he tells me three, I'm ready at exactly three o'clock because I shut down everything else I was doing at two o'clock to go shower, pull my hair up in a bun, put on my mascara and get dressed and ready to go. Um, yep. I, I time everything. That was so profound to me. I started praying on it and... Between you, my husband, and a cousin of mine, these words on my phone, I decided to quit my job. Well, actually, wow. they decided to quit me. But before they decided <laughs> to quit me, um, I knew I wasn't happy. I knew I wasn't happy. And I would call your mom about it. And I would tell her, this is just driving me batty. And God gave me an out. And I said, you know what, God, I'm going to take this out. And I am going to do what you keep putting on me. And work on my own thing. And this is a lot of me, Eric, for the first time since I remember as even a teenager, to staying in bed until I feel like getting out. Not getting up at 4.30 faithfully, whether I want to or not, to go exercise. Um, before I wouldn't even pay attention to my body that was telling me, you're tired, stay in bed, skip today. But you're right. Why am I yeah. timing everything I do? And it's, you know, one one of the things that I thought about when I wrote that is, you know, and we're we're nothing like animals at, at all. I mean, we we don't grow fur all over our bodies. We may <laughs> did at some point in history. But, uh, you know, I, I, I liken it to maybe a lion. If you if you watch a lion in the wild, um, they'll get up, go as a group, go eat something you know, go chase something and eat it, whatever. They come back and they will lay around all afternoon. No worries. They they don't worry about when, when their next fight is. They don't worry about a poacher coming up trying to steal their fur. Nothing. They they don't they, they have nowhere to be. Um they and you know part of that is and especially you know if, if they're raising cubs which is similar to us raising children. Um, they have plenty of time to play and romp with, with those kids and the kids grow up just like them mm. to where if you can imagine a child in captivity, they're, they're, they're going to be totally different than what society deems as normal, mm. you know, because society is driven by time they're they're driven by schedules instead of um and the the biggest part of it is um you you don't have enough rethinking animals they they could care less what people think about them and whatever that animal believes in doing and that you know, at, at that certain time i hate using the word time but what whatever it feels like doing at that time it just does it. And there, there's no repercussions from anyone because the entire animal kingdom gets it. 
and humans are the only ones that actually have an issue with you doing whatever it is that you feel like doing at the time, because there's certain times for, you know, for working out or, you know, what, whatever it may be certain times for you to go to work. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's crazy. My mom, she laughs at me all the time because of some of the, the some of the thoughts that I have, but to me in a perfect world, you can go to work whenever you feel like it. I mean, people ain't morning. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't that that aren't morning person or morning people. And so, if if you want the best out of someone, why not let that person come in at like eleven mm. <laughs> instead of sticking them to a schedule of six where they're going to come in grumpy, not ready to be productive yet. They they need four or five cups of coffee to you know to to even function. I mean, it's. It, it's it, it's just so flip-flop between us and I think what God wanted us to be. Um, and I think a lot of it came from just greed. Um, you know, and it's, I don't know, it, it, if we could get back to just realizing that time is, time is irrelevant to, to, I guess, human productivity, if you think about it. Um, if, if, you, if you have more free thinkers and you have people that are more comfortable with uh, doing things in their own time, uh, you'll, you'll actually see it change. But, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, that's humanity. No, I agree. My my last job, which I'm still affiliated with, as a matter of fact, he just hired me to do some work for him. Um, I asked him my when he hired me uh, back in 2020, Alex, uh, what are my hours? He shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know. I guess when you get here and when you finish. Those were his exact words. I'll never forget it. So I was like, OK, what time? You know, he hired me to be his chief compliance officer. What time does everybody else come in? He said, "I nine o'clock. I said, then I'll be here at nine. He said, okay. Um, and I'll never forget one day he said, uh, he started calling me mom. Mom, um, <laughs> when I come here, you're here. It doesn't matter when I come. And he hardly ever came in, but you're here. And I heard you come in really, really early. But if I come in late, you're still here. If we go to lunch, you're still here. He said, mom, I need you to start leaving, you know, take a day here or there. And he meant it. He absolutely meant it. And it was the first time anybody was basically like, you do your job above and beyond. Quit being here all the time. You got a family. Go be with them. And next thing I knew, he was telling me, well, somebody else wants your office. My office is beautiful. Somebody else wants your office. Why don't you go home and work? And I was like, yeah, but I need all this space. Well, whatever you need, mom, I'll send it to your house. And once again, he meant it. Never called to see what I was doing because whatever he needed, it would already be there. He did not put a time schedule on me. But me, on the other hand, Eric, mm -hmm. even if I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 is my normal time. But 5 o'clock, first thing I would do is check my emails from work.
If I had an email, I would go straight into my computer room and start responding. Next thing I know, hours have passed and I've been working. So now I didn't go to the gym. Now I'm trying to think, now what time can I actually go running? Or what time? I'm still on a schedule. But he was basically telling me, live your life. You're getting the work done. So stop making this place your everything. Um, he never used those words, but I appreciate what he was doing or trying to do because I rejected it back then. Right, I right. rejected it. It's it's rare to meet a boss like that, too, Eric. I'm sure. I mean, it's you know, I'm I'm sure that entire conversation was completely awkward to you because it's it's not the norm. This I don't know this Alex guy, but he gets it. You know you're you're more productive and you're you're a bigger benefit to to what whatever that company's goal is um if you have your freedom you're you know it it creates more flexibility with you which keeps you happier which makes you more content with doing your work i mean it's it, it's crazy how it works and you know the other part is uh i was just sitting here thinking about the way my son lived his life and I remember thinking and I, I used to tell him all the time I'm like I'm you know I'm so jealous of you and he'd just laugh mm -hmm. but he uh you know he he kept a time schedule you know just it, it it's it's human I mean it, it's just something that we do it's like ingrained in us but he would go to work he'd get off and if he like any free time he had, he did exactly what he wanted, and it didn't matter what. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. Um, I remember one time in particular, he had so, he had some friends in Memphis, and he uh, we we were waiting to hear from him because he usually came down every uh, usually every Sunday, and we'd sit and we'd watch this weird Lifetime movie because of the bad acting, and he'd order DoorDash. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a tradition thing with him. <laughs> same same spot on the couch when he came in and all that. But he, uh, there was one weekend, um, we we didn't hear from him at all. And then so you know, I texted him. I was like, "Hey, are you coming in town?" And he said, "No, I'm in Memphis." And then he sent a couple pictures, and he was like, he was sitting in a pool and had some friends. <laughs> The one friend, uh, I can't remember his name now, but the one friend was sitting on a floaty and had this weird mustache. It was kind of odd. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, he just he just woke up and or no, actually, he got off and decided that he would put the address in his GPS and just take off. In fact, it surprised them. When he showed up, he, he got to Memphis and said, hey, what are you doing? And he was sitting outside their house. So he made a weekend out of it, but um, that that's how he was. He, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't live by, by time, I, I guess by someone else's time. He knew, he, he knew that we were expecting him here, mm. but if he didn't feel like doing that, that, you know, you know, he, he's a grown man, number one, but, he he just chose to spend his time another way. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I always think about the, the you know, one, one of the reasons why I'm jealous is because 
um, he, you know, he, he's able to choose. Um, now granted he wasn't married and have kids anything like that. But, um, if, if he, if he wanted to change the situation, he could, he, you know, there, there was really no one to answer to. There wasn't, um, there, there wasn't a boss to check with, you know, on the weekends or anything like that. He could just go. And it didn't matter what the situation was um, financially or whatever. He, he made, he made, he made a way. He always made a way. So sounds like was, he was so spontaneous. He was, it was, he was so spontaneous. It was actually scary. Uh, I mean, but it's, it's like, I always knew he was, he was, I, I should say we, because we like his, his siblings, um, his mom, everybody, like we all laughed about it because we just knew that he was probably doing something somewhere going hiking or, you know, doing whatever. And it got to the point where we just got comfortable with it. It was like, well, he's not here. So, you know, we figure he's somewhere and you send him a text and he's like, yeah, I'm in Colorado, you know, or, <laughs> you know, what they drive here and there. I mean, him, he, he had two best friends that, um, that were down to do whatever he wanted to. And I think they, they kind of followed his example. Amen. Even to this day, they um, even to this day, they they still um, I think they still follow his example because they are so whatever. I know every every conversation that we have, um, they they talk about the the things that really don't matter anymore, and it's it's crazy. It did you know it hit them like a revelation or revelation. I mean, just <clears throat> there. There's so much. They they said they feel so much uh, freedom in in just living how how Avandre lived. You know, you you know, you have your your side with the responsibilities and things, and then you have your side that when when you think of something that you want to do, then just do it. Like, you know, stop waiting on time. Time will, time will hold you back every single time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm yeah. not spontaneous. I, I just told you, my husband has to tell me exactly what we're doing and what time. I, I can't even remember as a child being spontaneous. My mother visited last year and she was cracking up telling my husband how even as a little girl, I mean, 12, 11, I'm counting. If I go to bed at 11, that means I got to be up by seven to get my eight hours of sleep. And I am so programmed to time everything. And I I, I don't think I have a spontaneous bone in my body. And I'm trying to change that now. I'm trying to change that as a 50 plus year old because I want to just wake up one day and say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to the beach. I'm working from home. You know, I'm doing my own thing now. I'm, I'm running my own business and doing my own thing on my own time, making money that way. So I'm I'm just going to go to the beach today because I feel like it. Or something I've never done in my life is go to a movie by myself or anywhere to eat by myself. If I am alone and I'm hungry, I'm going to get the food and either A, bring it back home or B, eat it in my car because I don't want right. to look like I'm alone. 
And I get envious when I go to, my husband and I went to Rustic Inn the other day. It's a, a seafood restaurant here. And there was a lady walked in by herself, got a table. They, they sat her at a table and she sat there all by herself and enjoyed her crab legs. I couldn't that do that. like a life right there. Right, right. I want to do that. <laughs> I want to go to a restaurant and just get a table and and have nobody come up to me and say, are you lonely? You <laughs> know? Do you need yeah. a friend? Um, but I'm not spontaneous. And I, I really am trying to change that now just to enjoy yeah, my yeah. life, Eric. Oh, I hear you. Um now I don't want I don't want anyone that's listening to get confused and think that I just like we we just didn't uh didn't have this fear of of what our kids are doing. Or anything because it wasn't like that i think as a parent you always have that fear mm -hmm. uh, especially especially when it comes to to young black men you you don't know what what's happening with them and it's like you want to you, you almost want to stay on facetime with them 24 7 just to make sure mm -hmm. things are okay but um you know if if you have those conversations with your kids when, when they're young and then you watch them and you observe what they do and how their mannerisms are and you teach them how to talk to people with respect and you know you you teach them how to not not only talk to people with respect but also talk to people to get their respect um then then you end you know that that fear kind of goes away you, mm. the fear is always there as a father but it's it's eased up a little bit <laughs> Because you you know they're doing the right thing, even if it's something weird or off the wall, you, you know they're doing the right thing. So I've always encouraged my kids to um to do you know make sure that they that they get that that, that they get the most out of their life. Um, you know, make sure they experience everything. Um, go places, do things. Talk to people. Talk to people that that you don't know because you you, you know right. you don't know who who's have have an impact on your life. That's you, right. You really don't. You know, and I mean, there's there there's there, there's a lot of people that that knew of Andre that we had no idea he was even friends with. And these are you know these are older people. These are younger people that he went to school with, and people that knew people and all this and. Uh, you know, we, we've heard stories about how he impacted them. And um, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. It amazed me. And I, I thought I knew him 100%, but it goes to show you that you just, you, you never know. And, and all of it was based on simple conversations. It's, it's how you interact with someone, you know, your first impression or whatever. And he had that gift of, all they'd have to do is look at someone. I understand. I um I interviewed my daughter a couple of days ago. My oldest, she's 32. She lives in, in Kansas City. And um, as a parent, you just love your kids and you want the best for them. You you teach them the best way you can just to be great people in society and be loving and kind and gregarious and you you just train them up to the best of your ability but you still don't know everything and right. 
during my interview with her, I was in awe. I I mean, here's this child I conversate with one way or another every day. And all these things came out I was clueless about. I was clueless. And it's it's just amazing. So you do the best you can and you give the tools and it just makes you so proud when you look back and you say, wow, my child did that. People see oh, my yeah. child like this. It's an overwhelming feeling. It is. And it, it, you know, it, it really, it's, it's like you, you know, you hear these stories and you see the look in people's eyes and re realize that they're genuine when, when they're telling these stories and mm. it, it makes you feel like you did a good job. Even, even though you feel like you failed at times and you know, that, that you did put forth your best foot every time and didn't make the best decision every time didn't say things when, when you needed to say them, but it's, it's like they, um, they, they just picked up the ball and ran with it, you know? And yeah, I mean, it, you know, as a parent, it makes you, it makes you feel amazing. It really does. Um, not only that, you know, it, it, the other thing it, I just thought about it, it, even in the times where they're struggling or whatever, um, it, what also amazes me is their their ability to to adapt. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of that some some of that comes from parents. Some of that comes from God. Um, some of it comes from other mentors in their life. You know, their grandparents, um, their uncles, uh, their their friends. Um, and it's like they they just absorb all that and instead of asking, well, what would they do? They say, what would I do? Because they, they've already, you know, they, they've already figured out things for themselves for, you know, for the most part, including the adversity. So I don't know. I, it's, uh, <laughs> man, you know, it's, I, I, I always, I always say, um, raising kids is like, building a mountain one layer of paint at a time <laughs> it's um it, it's quite a journey it really i understood is. that i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you guys now we i've been real stingy and i don't pay for this zoom so they're gonna cut me off in a couple minutes but i must say eric says things sometimes and there'll be silence because nobody knows he, he just thinks so deeply and he speaks so deeply so often he even sent me uh uh i i had i think i can't remember i can't remember if i wrote a poem or if it was a picture or what and he gave me a title for it and i had to ask him to please explain it and even his explanation i was telling his mom i gotta pull out a dictionary <laughs> to understand sometimes <laughs> and if i could put all this together so i do want to say for me in closing but i'm gonna let eric close this out I I absolutely am going to have to pay for longer Zooms because, or I'm going to have to interview you again because this was absolutely phenomenal and I don't want it to end. Um, but Zoom is telling me two minutes. So I, I think this is going to be part one of a, a two or three part series, you guys. But in um, this so ties in with my interview with my daughter. It's amazing. Um, 
So I'll probably do yours and then hers or vice versa, but I'm going to do them back to back. Do you have any last minute words for our listeners, um, Eric? Yeah. Um, <laughs> number one, um, do do what you can, do what you will. Uh, just try to forget about the time. On top of that, if um, you know, encourage that in your in your children, and encourage them to 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 be their own person, to be a free thinker. Uh, you know, all the while following God first. But you know, may, make sure that they have that understanding that uh, that that individual freedom is truly meant for them. It, it's that that should be ingrained in them, not not what someone that hired them says. That's right. So uh, bless everybody and um, <clears throat> just continue to be encouraged and uh, keep listening to Sonia. She's <laughs> She, she's got a wonderful brain and some really good words. All you have to do is listen. Hey, I'm going to end with you guys. Um, I, I appreciate this so much, this platform and people really caring. Um, you can email me at sonia.mcqueen69 at um, outlook.com 